1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers
3: for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox and
2: is up welcome to another edition of the nfl fantasy live podcast it's me your man mg marcus grant alongside the fantasy hall of famer michael fabiano and the fantasy viper graham barfield and fellas the next time we sit in this room together and do this there will have been actual football played that we can talk about that's pretty exciting
3: not as exciting as ezekiel elliott Coming to terms oh. with the Dallas Cowboys. We're going got, to get there. I got my Tony Dorsett shirt on today. I'm We're ready. We're going to get there. I'm psyched. I got a few uh, shares of Zeke out there, so a lot of people in fantasy land celebrate.
2: Yeah, this is the, we will definitely talk about yes. that. Uh, there's yes. plenty of news to talk about. And, of course, we will preview week one. Uh, and just kind of some of the, the big points of week one things that we, we have big questions about uh, games that could really go big for fantasy th- th- uh, games that might not be quite as big and that sort of thing uh, also we'll do a quick recap of the final episode of Hard Knocks uh, just kind of a big overview um, and just kind of our, our grand thoughts on this season and maybe the the future of the show as well but uh, before we do all that as always go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire Murph what's up? You know, I'm just going to say Fabs You know, while the Cowboy boys are focused on getting Zeke out of Cabo and his money the Giants are focused
1: on football wow. and you know <laughs> I, I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm very prepared oh, they, they're, they're, the team is prepared for
2: this coming Sunday that's all I want to say
3: oh that's funny
2: that is funny I will say this though it
3: with, is funny isn't it
2: with uh I, I tweeted this uh yesterday too like Zeke already leads the league in air yards ha. Between, nice. between going back and forth from Dallas to Cabo repeatedly uh, yeah, how went. many times did he fly back? I mean, uh, he, he he in theory he probably got a ton of frequent flyer like miles,
1: right? There are at least three different trips to Cabo, right? And he's racking up on those frequent flyer miles. Man, I'm telling you, he Ooh. came back in the airport. He had that that nice like straw hat on. Like, yeah, he was totally vacation mode. Like, <laughs> which so
2: by like, the way, he's going oh, He's like he's in great shape though. He's in great shape. It's like okay, yeah. All I, right. I don't right. know if you saw, if you guys saw the Dirk Nowitzki tweet. Oh, it's great. Which uh, he tweeted uh, something to the effect of, uh, you know, I landed at the airport. I saw all these cameras, and I thought, man, I still got it. Then I re- <laughs> then I realized they were all. There for Zeke. That's so <laughs> so uh, Dirk, who's a very funny follow on Twitter as well. All right, we got plenty to talk about. So let's do some news. <laughs> through the news. Well, we already alluded to it, and by now you probably already know about it. Ezekiel Elliott is back in camp, I guess, well, back in the fold, I should say, with the Dallas Cowboys. He sets a record to become the highest paid running back with a $90 million deal. It's a six-year extension, $90 million. $50 million of that is guaranteed. Uh, I don't know the whole structure of it for our purposes. It doesn't really matter. What's important is that he is back. Mm -hmm. So, Fabs, everybody who kept the faith and who drafted Zeke early and who just kind of waited this thing out. I mean, we I know we all expected him to be back, but I also know there were some nervous moments in the last few days or so. But everybody who was patient, you have
3: been rewarded now, right? Yeah, dude, no question about that. And I I feel like this is what we were telling people the whole time. He was going to be back. Worst case scenario, maybe miss a game or two. Best case scenario, is what we're looking at right now. I don't know that Zeke really needed training camp or preseason. He's not going to get a lot of work in preseason anyway, so um, fire him up as normal, and if you ended up getting him anywhere past the fourth overall pick, you got to be smiling right now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was one of those situations where I felt like the consensus was the deal was always going to get done. It's just unfortunate that we had to watch the air quotes, drama, (laughs) Jerry and and Zeke unfold. But yeah, just super annoying. But obviously, we're all glad to have Zeke back and we don't have to worry about it too much.
3: So what do you do with Tony Pollard now? I I mean, listen, if you if you have Zeke and Pollard's on your roster, depending on what's on the waiver wire, you may or may not keep him. And I'd I'd hold him for a week or two Mm -hmm. unless a hot free agent comes comes rolling, which Is very likely week one. It always happens, right?
1: Yeah, I think Zeke will probably play a slightly limited role week one, like 20 to 25 snaps. I think I saw uh, was the kind of the report this morning. He might play a few more than that. But Tony Pollard is not going to have much weekly value.
2: Nope, at all. There's yeah. a handcuff now at yeah, best.
1: Zeke, Zeke is Zeke is the hammer piece there.
2: Man, I feel like we should start like putting together a list, uh, like an in memoriam of all the Ezekiel Elliott handcuffs that like get preceded. <laughs> like you know, like it, it was it, Tony Pollard and Rod Smith and Rod Alfred Smith. Morris. And, like we yeah. just go to like it's like the Oscars in memoriam segment they do. We should just do one of those for all the potential uh, Ezekiel Elliott handcuffs. Um. More running back news still in the NFC East. Uh, Jay Gruden says that the Washington offense will go through Darius Geis when uh, we're talking about what happens on the ground here. Uh, Fabs, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess people were sort of worried maybe about what Adrian Peterson was going to do. But I feel like this one was sort of cut and dried from the beginning, that as long as Darius Geis is healthy, he's I mean, Adrian Peterson kind of showed up out of necessity last year. Darius yeah. guy seems like he's going to be the guy there.
3: Yeah, and, and which is something that again, I think we 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 can all agree on. We've agreed on it the entire preseason. I mean, the Redskins' offense doesn't have a lot of great fantasy options, but Darius could be the best one out of the group. Um, I talked with him yesterday. He says he feels great, and I believe he's ready to handle maybe not a featured backs load like Zeke is going to see or Saquon, but he's going to get enough carries to be productive. And I would confidently start him as a flex this week
2: yeah yeah Uh, they
3: have to run the football marcus they have to run the football.
1: i I have major and marcus i know you feel the same way i have major concerns about guys this year trent williams will not be there uh this this is going to be a bad team
2: although there's talk that he might be back sooner rather than later i don't know how much stock we put into that um you know i know d'angelo hall our, our new colleague here at nfl network uh, is sort of saying he could be back within a couple of weeks, but I feel like we haven't heard anything from Trent Williams himself.
1: Yeah. Trent Williams has been pretty clear that he's, he's (laughs) not, he didn't show up to the, to the Redskins facility today. Um, I don't think Darius Geis is the offense is going to run through Geis. I mean, Chris Thompson is going to be involved in those third down snaps and we'll just see how it goes. But I'm kind of I think Geis is a solid flex play this week.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, but I just think he's going to get the majority of the looks out of that backfield, sure. whether or not obviously right. CT is there and he's going to be utilized. As I mentioned, it's not going to be a true featured role situation, mm-hmm. but he's going to get enough work where I feel like he's going to surprise some people this season in terms of uh, his his usage uh, in fantasy lineup. And I, and I do agree. I mean, I think he is the guy on that roster with the most fantasy
2: upside. Yeah. You know, you're not going to find it at quarterback. Uh, you know, you're going to struggle to find it at wide receiver. Uh, I guess there's Jordan Reed if he can stay healthy and on the field. But but Darius Geis is the guy that has sort of the, the highest ceiling uh, there in, in Washington. Uh, Andy Reed. Talking about LaShawn McCoy and how that backfield is going to break down his comments. We shall see. Uh, Graham, is this, is this Andy Reed just kind of being coy and sort of playing games or are they really, do you think they're really trying to figure out how this is going to work between him and Damian Williams?
1: I don't think even Andy Reid knows how the rotation will work right now. I think, I think we should expect Damian Williams to be the starter. Um, but again, like we talked about on Monday, like Andy Reid doesn't think LaShawn McCoy is done in that matter. So uh, for me, I'm kind of expecting Dame to be the one A to McCoy's one B. Um, I don't think McCoy will get probably more than like 15 touches week one, and I'm not putting him in any of my lineups and spots that I have him in. But I'm obviously I think this is him. The way the Chiefs use their running backs and the way the Rams use Todd Gurley are like the number two, one and two things I'm looking for in week one in terms of running back usage.
3: Has a player's value ever? flung from one sort of end of the spectrum (laughs) to another uh, more quickly than Damian Williams. I I liked Williams as a potential breakout candidate this season because of what we saw last year, small sample size. I get it. doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. And Andy Reed almost always produce really strong numbers going back to his time in Philadelphia. But now one of those running backs who did produce strong numbers in Philadelphia with Andy Reed has kind of thrown a wrench into the whole mix and now I'm at a point where I wouldn't be surprised if LaShawn McCoy leads that team in fantasy points among running backs. That's, yeah. It's an odd dynamic. It's weird. You know, it's
2: funny, too, because you talk about people whose values have swung wildly throughout this this offseason. Uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, I, I think, fall into that court category. Duke Johnson was yeah. another one who uh, it, was sort of buried in Cleveland. Yeah. He gets to Houston, and he's kind of free now. Well, right? yep.
1: two, two things. It just kind of shows how fungible running backs are and how much how fragile they can be. I mean, literally one move can change their value cataclysmically. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, this chief's backfield has the widest range of outcomes among like backfield trios. I mean, I could see both if, if one of these two guys takes the job outright, they could both finish as you know, one of the two could finish as an RB one or both could finish outside the top 20. If it ends up being a two tr- true timeshare, it's just a frustrating situation, but I, I hope I, for my purposes, I hope Damien Williams takes the job.
3: Can I? Uh, can I just selfish applaud purpose. you <laughs> on your use of the English language there? Fungible cataclysmic I can't even say that word. But both. Fung- say it <laughs> again, Scarrett. Come on. Cataclysmically. Yeah. Woo. I got it. Fungible and cataclysmic. It's early here for that kind of language, but I mean,
2: well done. I will say this: that like I, I hadn't heard the word fun. I mean, I knew the word fungible, but I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't heard it quite as much as I have in the last couple of days when people are talking about running back were value. You an
3: English major or something in college?
2: No, finance actually.
3: <laughs> but I feel <laughs> that like fungible
2: sense. works in finance too, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's what it works
1: there. I'm sorry, we were in the middle of the segment, and I just noticed your shirt, and I, oh. I, I, I had to. Yeah, I didn't myself. know what it was initially. <laughs> <laughs> I had to refrain myself from busting out
2: loud. Uh, yeah. I I mean, I'm sure, like You're, you know, for those of you who end up seeing some of the video clips of this, you will probably see it. But it is, it's the, it's the RotoWare Never Forget uh, T-shirt with the uh, the Buffalo Bills logo and and Antonio Brown's hair and Man. blonde mustache. Rem- remembering the hour or so, your laptop was kind of covering it at first.
1: Yeah, it just <laughs> wasn't in my eyeline.
2: But it's, it, the, it's, uh, it's quite remembering great. the hour or so that Antonio Brown was a Buffalo Bill, which really was one of the greatest hours in football Twitter history. Uh,
3: I think that was the point where he blocked me on Twitter because I had really (laughs) wrecked him on the air about going to Buffalo. And that was the end, man. So, yeah. Uh,
2: Other wide receiver news. This is the time when we start getting these unofficial depth charts coming out. A lot of times they are put out by teams, PR departments and not necessarily in strong consultation with the coaches themselves. But there are a couple of of things that are sort of noteworthy uh, about some of these early ones. One uh Kenyon drake listed as the starting running back on the dolphins unofficial week one depth chart dante pettis listed as the number one receiver on the 49ers unofficial week one depth chart does any of that surprise either of you guys right now
1: not in particular i mean i think we all kind of expected pettis to be the number one and i know we all I think we all kind of agree that Kyle Shanahan was just trying to motivate Pettis this with all of his Mm -hmm. hyperbole this this Mm -hmm. offseason yep uh I still like Debo Samuel Marquis Goodwin as stashes though I mean this they get the Bucks week one Bengals week two it's kind of a good start for them we'll kind of have to see how this rotation works out yeah
3: I'm not sure I like Pettis in week one yeah um I don't like any of
1: the 49ers guys I just think that this offense Tevin Coleman
3: Tevin Coleman is is to me the most attractive one but you know odd stat I remember from last season was that uh, the Buccaneers defense, they got wrecked by slot receivers all year long. Mm. But guys who were split out wide did nothing against them. Honestly, yeah. I remember a couple of games where people had uh, wideouts posted and projected to have great numbers against the Buccaneers. But unless it was a slot receiver, those wide receiver projections didn't really pan out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. M.G. Stewart, uh, the Bucs slot corner, um, he was, like, literally one of the three or four worst yeah. cornerbacks in the NFL mm-hmm. last year.
2: So, yeah, I you know, I, I sort of been torn. I've been going kind of round and round on 49ers receivers. I don't I don't think I have a lot of them on, on any of my rosters. I know I think I took a couple of shots at Debo Samuel uh, kind of late in draft season just because, but, I, you know, I don't really know what to make of this someone might right pop now.
1: here man I, i'm telling you i think someone's gonna pop here they have to have a two besides kittle
2: i mean you would think so right uh you know i know there was talk that you know trent taylor was a guy to kind of keep an eye on but he's not 100 mm-hmm. percent healthy right now uh, i think jalen Hurd's a little bit banged up yep, right they're, now they're as both, well yeah they're both banged up so uh you know the things are, i think are in flux there in san francisco in that wide receiver core so there you go that's pretty much everything you need to know <laughs> That was the news. Well, it is officially week one. We are, what, about 36 hours maybe uh, from, from, well, 36 hours from now, we will be well into the first game of the season.
1: Games that matter.
2: Games that actually matter. We will start off with the Packers in Chicago against the Bears, continuing the oldest rivalry in professional football. And uh, that actually leads me to some some of the big questions of the week. And the first one, and one that I have seen a lot in my Twitter mentions, and, and I'm sure you guys have seen as well, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears, right? It, it is sort of that, that unstoppable force against the immovable object, if you will, right? Everybody looks at Aaron Rodgers, and you know, chances are if you drafted him, you took him fairly high relative to other quarterbacks there, and, and you believe he's your starter week in and week out, but he's going against a defense that last year was historically good uh, and one that expects to be good again this year, maybe not historically good, but still pretty darn good. They held Aaron Rodgers to less than 13 and a half points the last time they met at the end of last season. And so it just sort of begs the question, Fabs, if you've got Aaron Rodgers on your roster, you are probably nervous are you are you bold enough? Are you brave enough to keep him in there against the Bears, or do you maybe look somewhere on the waiver wire for a streamer this week?
3: So also keep in mind, in the game before against Chicago, he had 24 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the game where he he got a little bit banged up, I, I will say this: you guys can agree with me or disagree with me. Outside of Patrick Mahomes and maybe Deshaun Watson, must start quarterbacks don't exist anymore. They don't. They they absolutely they absolutely do not exist anymore. I would start. Jameis Winston this week over Aaron Rodgers. I would start Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers. uh, And people have that combination. The whole must-start quarterback thing, outside of Mahomes, maybe Watson, luck is gone. It doesn't exist. So you can play the matchups. Now, don't be stupid, okay? If you've got Aaron Rodgers and your backup quarterback is, say, you know, Phillip Rivers, you're playing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Matt Ryan this week is another great example. I hate his matchup. It's awful. So... I have him 17th this week. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as the must-start quarterback for the most part. So don't be afraid to sit big-name guys, and you're going to see a lot more of that this season. But Rodgers will be in most lineups. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, it's Rodgers. I have to play him. It's not like that anymore. I well, th-
1: go ahead. I think it just speaks to the replaceability of the position, right? I mean, if, if right. you took Aaron Rodgers in the 6th, 7th, 8th you know, round of your draft— uh, and you're <laughs> you're seriously considering benching him in Week One at home against the Bears. I mean, it just it just speaks to like what we talk about Marcus like just how replaceable quarterbacks are in these start one quarterback leagues
2: yep. yeah and like you know you, you mentioned Matt Ryan at Minnesota and that's another one that you know that's a dilemma that I have in some leagues this week is, is what I want to do with Matt Ryan uh starting in week one you mentioned Patrick Mahomes is generally being a guy week in and week out you can feel confident in but he's got the Jaguars I know this week, and the so last the, he the Jags sure he was bad right <laughs> it was so, his worst so game that doesn't even seem to be a sure thing which is really funny we're talking about you know three of the top five or six quarterbacks in fantasy football right now and they're all staring down the barrel of really bad matchups this week and so you know while you may have drafted those guys with some confidence that they could be your your number one every week uh, you know I don't think I don't think we necessarily thought far enough ahead to look at week one and be like oh no what am I gonna do but uh you know I think that's a thing that, that we have to worry about um we sort of touched on this before Graham mentioned uh, a about his feelings about, about Shady McCoy. And you know, obviously he also mentioned selfishly that he's hoping it's Damian Williams, but Fabs, I mean, if you are kind of making that distinction between LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams this week, are you just are you maybe sitting it out this week just to see how this thing shakes out? Or, or are you willing to just dive in and, and plant your flag with one of these? Guys? So
3: here's the I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of three scenarios happened because like we, we've never been in a situation where we've had to guess which Andy Reid running back will be the featured back. <laughs> no. <laughs> because it's always been McCoy or Westbrook or, or, you know, Hunt, whatever, you know, whatever the scenario is. So I wouldn't be surprised if McCoy starts and Williams ends up splitting the workload. I wouldn't be surprised if Williams starts and McCoy gets burned. I, I, it's, it's one of those things where we have to watch. Mm. But I would tell you this. He was a second or third round pick in drafts. Williams was before the Chiefs added McCoy. So some people out there are going to have no choice but to start him. And even if he was going to be the guy this week, it's still not a great matchup on the road against the Jaguars. So I would temper my expectations. It, it's a bad spot. It's a bad spot if you if you have uh, shares of Damian Williams, because he's never really been a featured back. We saw him succeed sure. last year, small sample size. But now, as I mentioned earlier, McCoy's presence in that offense just absolutely throws confusion into uh, which one of these two backs is going to be the leader, uh, and maybe there won't be a leader. Yeah. This could be a 50-50 split.
1: I'll say I'll be shocked if I if Damien Williams gets like fewer than twelve touches in Week One, and because he should be involved on the main back involved on passing downs, I'm sticking with him in, as a you know as a PPR player. And you mentioned it, you yes. m- most likely don't have another option. Because right, you took him in the second or third round if you drafted you know like four days ago. Five, yeah,
3: for me he's a flex starter, but you probably drafted him as a one or a two. Right. So. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly things change mm-hmm. over a
2: weekend <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, since we're, we're talking a little bit about the Chiefs and, and that matchup against the Jaguars, uh, Tyreek Hill, who I know a lot of us drafted as a number one wide receiver, he starts off and is likely going to be locked up against Jalen Ramsey in this first week. And, you know, it's, it's very possible that Ramsey kind of shadows him all over the field. Does that change how either of you feel about Tyreek Hill? I, I mean, I feel like Will- it's hard to sit him, but, you know, how do you, you think? think about it
1: yeah that'll be super super interesting right so Jalen Ramsey is typically a boundary cornerback does not go into the slot but there have been a few reports out that have said Ramsey's going to travel into the slot where, with Tyreek Hill where Hill spins like I mean Hill's basically 50-50 boundary and a slot receiver I I, th- I absolutely think the Jags should allow Ramsey to follow Hill into the slot um, but I mean this is Tyreek Hill with Andy Reid who constantly gets moved all over the place mm-hmm. and for me I mean you have to keep him in your lineup as a top
3: 10 yeah last year seven targets four catches 61 yards Um, it takes one play one play play. that's that's right he is not a player you're sitting it's just yeah he's, he's not a player you're sitting.
1: no player has maybe julio jones but no other receiver has weak tilting upside like tyree kill does
2: um does this does this bode well though for travis kelsey if he's staying, I mean, obviously, the yeah. Jacks
1: were kind of sneaky bad against tight ends last year because their corners are so good. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I mean, obviously, they'll be without Talvin Smith this year, too. Yeah, it's. I mean, every week is a Travis Kelsey week, though.
3: Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> that's that's Kelsey fair. Kelsey had 100 yards against them last season.
2: That's pretty fair. I'm uh, looking at some games that potentially could be the fantasy goldmine of the week, especially if you're looking maybe to stream some guys, or if you just happen to have a lot of these guys on your roster. Uh, I listed three. I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts, whether or not you agree, disagree, or if there's maybe a game somewhere that I'm missing. Uh, Arizona against Detroit, just because I think that that Cardinals defense. Well, I don't think I I know that Cardinals defense is not going to be good this year, which means the Lions can score, which means in theory the Cardinals are going to have to keep moving the ball and pushing the ball to kind of try and stay in the football game. Uh, Niners at Tampa Bay, because neither one of those defenses looks like they're going to be very good this year. And then Indy at the Chargers, both have pretty good defenses, but they also also both have pretty good offenses. So I could see a lot of fantasy points being accumulated there. Uh, Any one of those three games jump out to you guys.
3: So Detroit's. Uh, top players on the offensive side. Not talking about Matthew Stafford. He's a 2QB uh, league guy. Uh, and, and that's about it. But carry on Johnson. This is a really good matchup for KJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, last year the Cardinals gave up five yards of carry over 25 fantasy points a game, their running backs. And then, you know, Kenny Galladay, you know, Patrick Peterson, <laughs> he ain't there. So Galladay is another player that I feel like could end up putting up nice wide receiver two numbers this week for your fantasy So not
1: team. only not only did the Cardinals not have Patrick Peterson who's suspended for the first 6 games mm-hmm. of the season their number 2 cornerback Robert Alford broke his leg in the preseason they're down to tremaine brock byron murphy and chris jones as their top three corners this week and those guys have no chance against kenny calate yep. and marvin jones
2: yeah you know it's funny too because I, I have kind of been on record that I, I like galladay's talent i didn't necessarily love his this his is an potential output but this is a great start for him
1: uh, pff
3: offer. is projecting him to be covered by chris jones who's played like two games yeah in the NFL.
1: it's it's an amazing spot for this offense
3: mm-hmm. uh
2: uh, as for that San Francisco-Tampa Bay game, like I feel like this is an opportunity for us to sort of figure a little more out about Jimmy Garoppolo and this Niner offense as a whole. Like, I, I, I feel like we have sort of pinned down the running back situation. But as we talked about with Dante Pettis at the, at the wide receiver spot, a lot of injuries there. And just this general questioning of who Jimmy Garoppolo is – uh, Graham, I think this is our chance to kind of get a look against oh, yeah. a bad defense and start to figure out maybe what we're dealing with.
1: Oh, here. yeah. I love everything on both sides of this game. Um, both teams are going to be – both teams over the last couple of years have been one of the fastest playing offenses in the league, meaning they get in between uh, – they've been top ten in terms of pace in, in their seconds between snaps, so we're going to get a lot of play volume here. We've got two shaky defenses, and we've got the Bucks most likely throwing on 65 to 70% of their pa- – uh, uh, of their past plays. I mean, that's just, it's just a, a perfect week one setup for both sides to go off here. Um, I, I, like I said, I like everything in this game. It's, it's really hard to find a bad Avenue into this game.
3: Yeah. And Jameis, I have him ranked very highly this week. I have him seventh, uh, looking at last season's data, which is unfortunately what we have to look at when yep. you're, uh, doing week one projections, this, this Niners defense, uh, they gave up the most passing touchdowns, the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, on the road, so I think Jameis is going to thrive. Obviously, we're into Evans and Chris Godwin. The backfield, who the heck knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> but O.J. Howard. And then when you're talking about the Niners, I mean, Garoppolo's, you know, he's a sneaky two QB league play. Uh, I, I like Coleman because Tampa Bay couldn't stop the run last season. I'm not sure. Obviously, Kittle is a must start. I don't know about their wide receivers. I think that's something that we're going to have to keep tabs on in terms of the target share. Uh, as Graham mentioned, there's a few guys there banged up, so um, it, it should be a fun game. It should be a high-scoring game. And uh,
1: Chris, good. No, Chris Godwin. I was just going to say, Chris Godwin has an amazing matchup yeah. against Caleb yep. Williams out yep. of the slot. I mean, it's it's yeah. one of, uh, it's one of the three best matchups to have this
2: week. Yeah, uh, I I'm watching oddly enough to see how they use Dari Ogunbowale. Yeah.
3: I uh, yeah. I
2: got him as like kind of a last round pick on a couple of teams, and you know, I feel like a guy who is a passing down back on a potentially bad team that's going to throw the football.
3: Yeah, maybe there's maybe there's an option. For back, back to Godwin, the Niners gave up 15 touchdowns to slot receivers yeah, this season. He's going to eat.
1: <laughs> he's going to eat. It's
3: I know. Spot. Dude, I have he's- so many shares of Chris Godwin. If he if he is an absolute bust, Oh, I'm in trouble. The, the Chris Godwin party I love it so begin, much, though,
2: it, it man. It potentially begins this week. Uh, hopefully, the, the offensive line in Tampa is not as bad as it looked during the preseason. Um, I know that the Niners' front seven isn't quite as good as what we yeah. saw with Cleveland, but, man, they, they just destroyed the, the Bucks' The
1: offensive line is not going to be good this year, but you mentioned the Niners' front seven is just not too, it's too not, scary.
2: It's not quite as scary. Uh, that Charger, Charger-Occult Charger game, um, maybe not it, what we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks ago, and we thought maybe Andrew Luck was going to be playing. But would have been fun, There are still some some noteworthy players on both sides. I mean, we know all about the Charger offense, even though they're going into the season, obviously, without Melvin Gordon. Um, They still got plenty of weapons there. The Colts have some talent at the skill position, guys. I'm I'm sort of torn. I feel like this could go one way. It could go either way, right? There could be a whole lot of fantasy points. There could be not as many fantasy points, but it's one that I think if you have players on either side of this, uh, I I feel comfortable taking a chance on them this week.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler is in a fantastic spot at home, favored against the Colts. Colts front seven is very good, very talented. Um, Didn't give up a ton of rushing production last year, but Eckler is going to be super involved in the passing game. I think this is a pretty good spot in general for the Chargers
3: side. Yeah. um, Hunter Henry is obviously a guy that we love. Keenan Allen back from the ankle injury. Uh, Eckler, that situation, I'm I'm interested to see sort of how that shakes out. We all expect Eckler to be more of the guy than Justin Jackson. I'm interested to see how many touches Jackson actually gets uh, out of that backfield. But Eckler, okay, I I don't know if he's a must start, but he's a pretty damn good start this week. No question about that. Uh, On the flip side, all the question marks are in Indianapolis because Andrew Luck is retired and Jacoby Brissett is now uh, the quarterback there. Like A guy like T.Y. Hilton, I mean... I'm afraid of of Hilton because there's a good chance that he's going to be shadowed by Casey Hayward and he's not catching passes from Andrew Luck anymore. It is Jacoby Brissett. And a couple of years ago, we did see T.Y. see a a real decline in his reliability from a fantasy perspective. Uh, The tight end position. Who can you trust? Can you trust either one of Doyle or Ebron? (laughs) Is it Doyle or Ebron? Remember last season when Ebron and Doyle were both on the field, Ebron's targets were cut in half, and Doyle had a great rapport with Bursette two seasons ago. Uh, And then we're looking at Marlon Mack. I say he's a flex starter this week, right? Because the volume should be there, but game script could be an issue. A lot of questions that we have to find out about in that Colts offense.
1: That's a good point about Mack. That's one thing I'm super interested to see, like if the – if the Colts get down this yeah. week, is it Mac or is it Naheem? Right, right,
2: and I feel like you know that was a name that I don't think we talked about, but he did start to creep up in my mind a little bit when things changed. Right, like uh, part of my waving the flag for Marlon Mack was that the Colts would be winning games and yep. he would sort of be the closer there. If it turns out that, you know, they are not the same team and they're not going to win, you know, 10 or 12 games this year, then suddenly if they're throwing the football, Naheem Hines comes back into play sort of like it was last year. Uh, the fantasy wastelands of the week, the the games that may not be quite so filled with fantasy production. Uh, I had three of them here Baltimore against Miami. Not so much that, you know, I I expect, you know, look, Baltimore's offense is is good. It's fine. They're playing against a bad defense, but they're also going to run the football a lot, which isn't necessarily conducive to putting up 30, 35 points a game. We know Miami's not going to be very good going against a good defense. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati against Seattle. The Bengals are sort of a black hole, really. I mean, if you believe in Joe Mixon or Tyler Boyd, maybe there's something there, but that Seattle defense got a lot better recently by adding Jadevian Clowney. We'll see how many snaps he plays. And the Seahawks run the football a lot. They are going to be kind of a slower-paced team. Buffalo and the Jets, You got a good defense in the Bills against a Jets team that should be better this year, but I don't see them as necessarily a juggernaut coming right out of the gate here. Uh, how are you guys viewing either of these games? Is there any other one that, that looks like it's going to be kind of slow with fantasy
3: production? So Miami, I don't know that there's a player on that roster you can start with any kind of confidence. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Drake, <laughs> Baltimore's defense, I mean, if game script becomes sort of the what we project, he may catch a few passes out of the backfield in the second half, and, and that could be his saving grace. But I think Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is a tremendous yeah. start this week. The Dolphins are a mess right now. Their defense allowed the most rushing yards to visiting quarterbacks a season ago. We know what Lamar Jackson likes to do. Mark Ingram is a great start this week. Dolphins can't stop the run. They didn't stop it last season. And again, that team is a disaster. Uh, That that is a rebuilding team. The moves that they made uh, uh, signal a a rebuild. And the Ravens' defense, now that the Dolphins' offensive line is worse without Laramie Tunsil and Ryan Fitzpatrick, we all know that that there are times
2: where Fitzpatrick will throw the (laughs) ball to the (laughs) wrong team multiple (laughs) times in
3: a game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens' defense scored more points than any single Dolphins' offensive skill (laughs) position player. And I also have Mark Andrews on that tight end one two borderline very interested to see what his snap count is mm. and what his target share is uh,
1: this is just a perfect spot for both jackson and ingram uh, the dolphins front seven outside of first round pick christian wilkins lacks some talent they definitely mm-hmm. lack a little bit of talent um you mentioned the the seahawks game mm-hmm. this is a get off spot for that defense
2: oh I mean, yeah the yep. Bengals'
1: offensive line is might be without their their starting left tackle cordy glenn who's in concussion protocol mm-hmm. their starting center couldn't well couldn't earn a starting spot. Billy Price couldn't start, earn a starting spot on the, on the front seven, or excuse me, their front five. Uh, both Ziggy Ansah and Clowney are going to play week one. It, it, this is just a monster spot for Seahawks D, Carson. Um, I, I absolutely love uh, the Seahawks this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely on the field it's a win, and I just think that, you know, it, it there will be guys who could produce there. This is not necessarily going to be just a bonanza of fantasy production, but you're right, Car- Chris Carson, who... You want to talk about one of the biggest fantasy risers, biggest ADP risers in the off season? Um, this Fabs, is going to be
3: his chance to Fabs, roll. Where
1: do you have Carson in your ranks this week?
3: Uh he is, and I'm going to look it up for you right now. I believe I have him right around 12 or 13. I have him 11. Okay, Ooh. so he's he's uh, end end of the uh, end of the 12 team RB one list.
1: I might have him in like the top eight or 10. Yeah, this is just such a good spot for him.
3: It's great. Yeah. I mean, he's a must start. I, we, we've got you know who I love this week is Dalvin Cook. Yes, I've got Dalvin Cook in my top five this week. Oh yes, Falcons.
1: Falcons front seven has given up the most receptions to running back for like four straight seasons, three straight seasons, and and crazy Fournette
3: as well. I have Fournette ranked highly as well. So Carson at eleven, I think, is pretty strong. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I love both those other guys you
2: mentioned as well this week. I think they're going to be solid. Buffalo at the Jets. I just I have a feeling this this will be the start of the Cole Beasley era uh, in a lot of ways. Um, you know I I just see a lot of you know short or medium targets to him this week. Uh, I don't see this being a particularly high scoring game either way. But I think if you are a PPR fan, uh, you that I'm also curious just to watch what happens with the Bills backfield. I don't know that I would take a chance on on either of the guys back there this week. But this is a game that I'm sort of watching. It's weird. I feel like we're training week one now, like preseason games, trying to figure out how how a lot of of things break down.
1: It sort of is, honestly. Like, two things to think about, though, with the Bills' running back rotation is like, yes, Frank Gore is never going to (laughs) die, but Devin Singletary is so much more talented at this point in his career than Gore. And, you know, how often is TJ Yeldon going to play? I mean, if Devin Singletary is going to be playing on passing downs and third downs, then what is Yeldon's role going to be? I actually think that. We are all expecting this kind of to be a three man committee, but I could really see Devin Singletary taking a hold of this backfield pretty quickly because it's pretty destitute behind him.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing that there's just you know they have three guys, but it's not neither one of them at least right now is one that you get super excited about. But why not
3: go with a young guy? Yeah, what do you think of uh, Josh Allen this week? Can he continue? Loaded.
1: Quarterbacks loaded, man. I know it's a good spot. He's for a QB sure, too. But, uh, yeah.
3: You know, I mean. I mean, there's just
1: 15 or 16 other guys I I would want to play over ahead of him.
2: I'm just I'm also curious whether or not teams or how much attention the Jets are going to pay to him running the ball. Now, it's like, do you do you keep a spy on him just to make sure he stays in the pocket and forcing him to throw the football? Uh, Last year, when he ran and got all those yards, it, it caught a lot of people by surprise this year. The word sort of out.
1: Let's you? not forget, too, that this Jets defense is going to be pretty pretty much improved this year, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not the same bad Jets defense. Yeah, targeting they added some good year. pieces. Yeah, they've got some good players now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, streamers this week. Of course, quarterback, tight end defense are mm-hmm. the primary spots where, where people are streaming players this week. Uh, any streamers, Fabs, that jump out to you with a quarterback position?
3: Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Um, a good matchup here against Atlanta. Uh, they give up more points to home quarterbacks last season than any other team in the entire league. Cousins has been drafted as a QB2 across the board, so I do like his matchup. So I, it's so hard to like just label a dude streamer this um, season. Lamar Jackson, I don't consider him a streamer. I don't know if he's a streamer or not. I don't know that people drafted him to be their QB1 either. So he's someone that I would also have in my lineup. Jameis Winston, I don't know that he's a streamer, but people didn't draft him. QB1, right? so he is another player that I feel like needs to move up into your starting lineup.
1: uh We mentioned at the top of the show, Matt Stafford. If mm-hmm. You don't have to. I mean, very rarely are you actually going to stream quarterback week one, but Stafford is just in the, the absolute nut situation uh against the Cardinals this week. He just scares me, dude. Yeah. yeah. Stafford I mean, it, just scares it,
2: me I get out. it, but get this, it. This, this feels like a week. It, it, it's hard to pinpoint your Matt Stafford weeks. This feels like a Matt Stafford. It, if
1: week. Stafford does not go off this week, uh, it is not going to, it's not going to bode well for his season long mm-hmm. projections at all.
2: Yeah. So I, that, Matt Stafford's kind of the one that I had really been focusing on for the last few days, just because against that, that Carolina or that uh, Arizona defense, yeah. uh, it feels like they were,
3: they were sneaky thing. tough uh, uh, at home against quarterbacks last season, but they also had Patrick Peterson. So yeah, I mean, there's a difference. that, that there. has a lot to do with he's, it. He's kind of good. Uh, you know, tight end.
2: I feel like, you know, the, the because tight end is so kind of wide open right now, maybe there are some streamers. I don't know, Graham, if you have some that sure. you, you kind of kept an eye on this week.
1: Yeah, I, I only put up one in the waiver wire column this week, and it's Darren Waller. Um, yep, I've there's got just him not, in there too. Yeah, there's just not any good streamers um, right now. But Waller against the Broncos. Look, the Broncos have a very talented defense, uh, but they're kind of quietly top six in PPR points per target allowed to tight ends last year. And after AB, the Raiders' target distribution is pretty, pretty much wide open.
3: If you want to get crazy, you can go Tyler Heifert. <laughs> If you want to get crazy, right? I mean, no A.J. Green and uh, GameScript could see them throwing the ball in the second half. You could go Eifert, Seahawks Mark slug. Andrews. That's Eifert.
1: actually a pretty good call because the Seahawks have a pretty bad. I mean, like they're not going to be that great against tight end coverage this year so, without Earl Thomas. And, and
3: Jordan Reed is also in concussion protocol. So if he's out Vernon Davis, for those who are desperate. I mean, look, I know the, the thing Unlike with Eifert. I, you guys didn't seem excited about that talking about screaming tight No, you're so. right. No, and like, <laughs> thing, I,
2: like, the thing about Eifert, right, the, the reason people stay away from Eifert is because of the no, injury situation, right? But he's not hurt now. Yeah. He's healthy I now. No, so. I, like, I
1: like the <laughs> Eifert call quite a bit, actually. I'm actually... I think I would play him over Waller, frankly.
2: Yeah, I mean, so he's, yeah. he's healthy. He's available now, so, you know... Your fears don't mean anything at the moment because we know when he's on the field, he gets targets and he's, he's productive. You know so. who I'm
3: excited about, too, is Delaney Walker. And he was a late-round pick. A lot of people have that what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mentality. L- listen, the dude's going to get a lot of targets, man, as long as he's on the field and he's 100% now. He is going to get a ton of targets in that offense, whether it's Mariota or Tannehill throwing the football. Arthur Smith is the new OC there. He's been the tight ends coach there for a long, long time. He and Delaney Walker have a, a very good relationship. He's going to be a big part of that offense. Uh, any thoughts to Will Disley in Seattle? Yeah, I looked at that. I, bomb. I mean bomb. That's, <laughs> that's like, you know... DFS like just yeah dart throw
1: well they cut Jacob Hollister who every single preseason pops and then does nothing during the actual preseason games right. and then Ed Dixon's on IR so Will Disley though he's coming off that terrible knee injury
2: yeah I mean that's that's a concern but man the Bengals were bad against tight ends last yeah. year
1: the Seahawks so. don't really have a number two receiver I Weirdly, DK Metcalf is like what ten days removed from having knee surgery, and he's and supposed he's, to play this. week? He's time? supposed to play this week. What a yeah. freak!
3: Um, I mean, medical technology, my friend. I we'll mean, see the advancements. Or are ridiculous. DK Metcalf
1: is actually, actually just part robot. He really is an Avenger. He yeah, could. He, he very could well could
3: have be. adamantium in his. Uh, <laughs> he very well bones. could be an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive
2: streamers this week. Oh, I mean, dude! I, I know, like you know, if the Cowboys are out there, I feel like they're yep. sort of the number one. Seahawks. Seahawks are a number uh, a good option for you if they're out there as well. There Rock, are some good. Broncos, what do you think
3: about the Broncos, right? I mean, like, I mean, Derek Carr, he's got a lot to prove. Broncos could be a streamer. The Jets and the Bills both could be streamers. They yeah. could stream You could stream them against each other.
1: You know who's super, super sneaky this week? If the Seahawks and Cowboys are gone, is the Browns
3: at home. Oh, yeah. oh dude. Titans. But I, that's a, is that a streamer, though? I think a lot of people drafted them. You think so?
2: Oh, I drafted them to be my... Okay. My I always thought that they were kind point. of a... They were a sneaky defensive draft pick for me as well, but I think if they're out there... Yeah. If they're Go out, out there... Go get them. Go get them.
1: Yeah, I, I, know, I just put them up in my column because I noticed they were, like, under 20% owned on our site. Uh, Is that right? Site.
3: I think wow. something like that. Wow. 58.4% uh, uh, owned. So they're still available. In still available. Yeah. That's insane to me. Yeah. Especially with the matchup.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Home game against the Titans. Yeah. That, uh, if they're out there, man, go get the Browns, man. Go get that Browns defense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so those are some of our streamers there. I don't know if there's any other guys that that you guys really love this week that that you want to kind of promote or anything like that, but I felt like, you know, that's that's a pretty good start for week one. Um, Now to the questions because, you know, I know that you guys all have questions out there. I put out the call through the NFL Fantasy Handle, so I got a handful of tweets here that we can go through and uh, you guys can give your thoughts. Uh, Some guys that we sort of mentioned at the top of this segment here, uh, fantasy for life asking who to start Matt Ryan against the Vikings or Kyler Murray against Detroit. Uh, I mean, I see you sort of squirming already cause I know,
3: <laughs> I, I mean, typically it's going to be Matt Ryan, but the Vikings defense is just, it's very it's good. It's a very formidable unit, especially on their home turf. I'm going Kyler Murray.
2: All right. Uh, okay. So Graham, Kyler Murray or Jameis Winston in week one.
1: Yeah. I actually think I might have this call in a league. <laughs> Damn. Um, I. Th- oh
3: God. Furry. I've got. J- I've, I've got. Jameis think... so much higher than Kyler this I week.
1: I don't know. I think it's Jameis too, yeah. just because of the matchup and how many passes, I, how many attempts I think he's mm-hmm. gonna have this mm-hmm. week. But yeah, I think it's Jameis. It's all right. Yeah.
2: Uh, Allen Robinson or Alshon Jeffrey in a half point PPR. Oh, I- Alshon, come on, man.
3: That's it's what I think Redskins, too. Against
2: Washington, they could hammer the
1: Redskins. <sighs>
3: I don't. Alshon just like I, I can never trust him. I get the, I get the matchup. I just I I'm I can never I can never trust him. But the thing is, I can never trust Alan Robinson either. I'm laughing because I feel like that was sort of the
2: preseason consensus on Alshon. Like that's a name that just didn't get a whole lot of talk, good, bad, or indifferent. Because people were kind of like, uh, he's you know he's he's Alshon. That's, he's he's uh, not bad. He's not.
1: Bad. Alshon has the better matchup, and he has Carson Wentz.
2: Better quarterback, better matchup. Yeah. All right, I can go with that. Yeah. So half point PPR, Alshon Jeffrey there. Um, we mentioned the Chiefs' backfield. So uh, Daniel Rosen asking, he should he flex, Damian Williams or Duke Johnson? Duke Johnson. Oh, yeah, Duke
1: for sure. Duke. Duke mm-hmm. could play like I think. I think people will be surprised when they see Duke play like seventy five. Just the
3: volume pounds. alone, dude. Yeah. I mean,
1: I. I, I I don't think he's going to leave the field very often. I I
3: did look – the Saints were really tough on on pass-catching running backs on their home Mm -hmm. field last season, Mm -hmm. but this is not so much about the matchup because this could be a high-scoring game. And yes. it's all about volume, dude. Yes. I mean, just opportunities. You
1: want yes, even if the matchup is bad, you want avenues into yes. high scoring games. Yes, Duke is that. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know. I think what we'll see this year is a reminder of what Duke Johnson was. Like I loved him coming out of the U. Right, and he just ended up in a bad situation. And I think hopefully this year will be the reminder of what he was and what he could be.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. my initial That's rankings. Right. I have him 18th. You know, in that Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, sort of Austin Eckler. Uh, area. All right. So he's in your lineup this week. Okay. Uh
2: Isaac wanting to know and this this seems more like
3: a flex, like a a
2: a, a weird not a weird flex, but like a I'm I'm bragging a humble brag about his lineup than anything else. Looking for his RB two in a PPR league, okay. His options are Mark Ingram, Devontae Freeman or David Montgomery.
3: Really dude <laughs> like, that's a humble brag, right? Like these are your options in RB2. So here's here's what's funny about that. I have Ingram at fifteen, Freeman at sixteen, and Montgomery at seventeen. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know. Get a dartboard, start throwing darts. I mean, Ingram for me, but I mean, dude, they're all three very good options. Yeah,
1: Ingram could probably just because the double digit, or sorry, uh, two tupl- uh, two touchdown upside in that game. I think he, he's seriously going to go off. But yeah, that's a great problem to have.
2: Yeah. So that also makes me wonder who his RB one is, right? It's going to be like you know one of these. Z- Maybe he's in is in his, it, like an 18? A- Zeke, Zeke
3: Saquon yeah, say, Kamara sixteen. Like, Sometimes league. I feel like people just love to tweet their oh this one is, oh, absolutely because absolutely. they want to show you how loaded right. their roster. They just want to like look very, how good I am at drafting fantasy.
2: Quietly people. mention you know how good their 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 roster. Uh-huh. Is. Uh Another Devonte Freeman question. RB two. Uh, Devonte Freeman against the Vikings or Austin Eckler against the Colts. I think I would tend to lean toward Freeman there. I, I would, um, too. Yeah. I would, too.
1: Freeman's, uh, there, there's a lot of good running back plays this week. Freeman's a top 10 guy.
2: I have a feeling that Devontae Freeman's going to catch a lot of balls this week because they want to just slow down that, that Minnesota pass rush a little bit, and so I think that means a lot of screens, a lot of dump-offs to Devontae Freeman just to, you know. Try, try to give Matt Ryan a little bit more time to keep him upright a little bit. Um, Tomer wanting to know, in a two-quarterback league, he's already starting Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to know, does he go Mitch Trubisky or Ben Roethlisberger? Uh,
3: yeah. Trubisky against I the Packers, like, Roethlisberger against I the Patriots. I know. I'm, I guess I'm going Roethlisberger. I don't, I'm just not a big fan of Trubisky.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm just not a fan. Yeah. Um, I, I would go Big Ben there. I don't love it, though. Trubisky, I, I do not love it.
1: Yeah, Trubisky has a huge, huge range of outcomes. I know. every, Literally every single And also keep in
3: mind, too, right, last season when he had the big games, yeah, he ran for, you know, 30, 40 yards, got into the end zone. And, and I almost feel like Trubisky needs that to, to have a big week. He needs to be able to have some success I would, I on might, the ground.
1: I might lean, if it's Big Ben versus Trubisky, I might lean Trubisky because I think the Patriots and Bill Belichick know that they're not going to let Juju Smith-Schuster beat them. Mm-hmm. Steelers are on the road. Uh, tough road spot week one. I, I think I'd lean Trubisky.
2: All right. Uh,
1: great about that.
2: Last one. A couple of Bay Area running backs. Uh, a flex option in a PPR league for Adam. He wants to know, Josh Jacobs or Tevin Coleman? Jacobs. Yep. But I do like Coleman. Yep. Jacobs. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, so those are a handful of questions. You know, you can always uh, tweet us at NFL fantasy, or you can tweet any of us individually. Uh, I guess you could send it to the NFL podcast handle, but uh, there are a whole lot of podcasts here. And so you may not get the the, the answer you're looking for from the person you're looking for. So, uh, you know, be warned. Um, Last episode of hard knocks for this season aired on Tuesday night. And, uh, just a couple of quick takeaways as we kind of wrap this thing up. First off, Josh Jacobs is real. He actually showed up. They, they fonted him and everything. I think he mumbled some words even. Uh, so he's a real person. It took five episodes for us to confirm that, but Josh Jacobs does exist. So hallelujah for everybody who drafted him. Now, you know that he is a, a real corporeal entity, uh, and can actually carry the football. Uh, Just about all the guys that they profiled this season kind of got cut, right? They talked about Luke Wilson. He got cut. Keelan Doss. Keelan Doss. He got cut. Jason Cabinda. He got cut. Brandon Marshall, the uh, linebacker, not the wide receiver, got cut. This kind of stunk in that respect. Like, usually you get guys to root for, and, like, one of them makes the team, but not this year. Um, But the biggest question for me, because the one thing we talked about was that it seemed like the Raiders sort of had – Uh, a lot of creative control over this show. Um, I was kind of expecting to see executive producer Mike Mayock at the end in the (laughs) credits. Um, It makes me wonder whether or not we've sort of seen the last of Hard Knocks as we know. Because if other teams watch this, right? And so you know that whoever gets picked next year is gonna kinda want it to be the same way. They're not gonna let people like we didn't see in we didn't see any of the one on one meetings, uh, when they were cutting guys. The only one we saw, I think, was the, the Jason Kabinda meeting. But normally they take you in the room and they you know, the coaches is talking is talk to the players and, and, and kinda telling them the you know, hey, I'm, you know, I know it's a tough decision. I'm sorry about this, we gotta cut you. We didn't see any of that. And I just wonder whether or not this is gonna be kind of the norm and whether or not the inside look in teams that we got for hard knocks is kinda done.
1: Yeah, I think we just got so much access to the Browns last year. I wonder if that's like maybe just heavily weighted in our minds. But maybe yeah, it all also, I mean, it honestly never made sense to me. Like, I kind of always felt bad. Like, that's a pl- one of the a players' worst moments in oh, yeah. their lives getting cut, and right? Having this dream, especially the guys that are like UDFAs. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's one of those things that like it's captivating TV, but at the same time, it's always hard to watch, right?
2: It is, it is, it is a low moment. Personally and professionally for these guys, uh, and we were always kind of taken behind the scenes. So I don't know. I mean, overall, it was not the season that I thought it was going
3: to be on Hard Knocks. Yeah,
1: it's just flatlined. Yeah. It's just a flatline. I,
3: I didn't even watch last night. I had a million other things going on, uh, work work related. But I just felt like the Raiders sh- should have been on Hard Knocks the season that they went to Las Vegas. I think Maybe would have been that would have been Although, a little bit more intriguing. I
2: would think that the league would kind of give them a would have given them a pass just because of the move and, yeah. and the chaos there. Although they finally mentioned Las Vegas at the very yeah. end of this last episode, uh, they finally mentioned that, oh by the way uh, the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas next year as a footnote. It was like a footnote sort of thing. I'm like that's kind yeah. of a big story. But, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so we made it through another episode, another season of Hard Knocks. I'm sure you know. Eight, nine months from now, we'll be eagerly anticipating who the team next year is going to be. Uh, We'll see. Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) Whatever. That's it. We are done. We have finally made it all the way through this slog. Like I said at the top, the next time we talk to you, there will have been real meaningful football played. It is exciting to know. So, uh, we appreciate you always downloading and listening. And you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember if you're feeling bad, at least you're not the reason they put directions on shampoo. Good luck in week one. We'll see you on Monday.
0: green Irish shop now at a store near you.
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all new